for the August 25, 2023 edition of Weekly Signals, Weekly Review. Personal recollection of the last 168 hours of history, broadcasting on Kiss and Makeup Day from the University of California at Irvine on KUCI 88.9 FM. I'm Nathan Callahan. And I'm Mike Hespar. And as always, changing the world one chew toy at a time, <laughs> Mahler, the fake news dog. Got a lot of spunk in him this morning. He Good does, boy, and I, something I've been meaning Good to tell you yeah. about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ever since he's, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Every ever since he's <laughs> become known as the fake news dog. Yeah, I can't tell you how many offers that I've gotten. Yeah, from a lot of uh, disreputable news agencies who want to yeah. take him. They want to. They want him for their own. They want him for, yeah, because he's the fake news dog. Yeah, today. We'll be talking about Emperor Penguins, the Judas Wolf Program, AI personal life coaches, bad travel advice, and so much more. But first, what if every psychological study ever done that involved human participants was skewed, Mike? Because it didn't include any non-participants? You ever think about that? I never thought about that. From Ars Technica. The authors of a new study concluded that participation in studies is not just a result of someone's characteristics and traits, but instead that participation is a trait in its own right and one with a genetic component. In other words, being a joiner is hereditary. Oh, okay. So all these tests out there, psychological tests where people choose to participate, are already skewed toward those who choose to participate. An excellent point. Does that in some way on certain studies affect the outcome? I would think so. Maybe not on all of them, but yeah, I could see I that. don't like to participate. I'm not a joiner. In fact, it took a lot for me just to sit down and do this radio show with somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. So, From Vice. Residents of a village in Peru's Manas province told reporters that strange beings visited their isolated community at night, harassed them, and attempted to kidnap a 15-year-old girl. These gentlemen are aliens. They seem armored like the green goblin from Spider-Man. I have shot one twice and it didn't fall. Instead, it elevated and disappeared. We're frightened by what is happening in our community, Jairo Avila said. It's a local leader there. Wow. In Peru. Yeah. Authorities believe that the strange beings were members of illegal gold mining gangs from Colombia and Brazil using jetpacks to terrorize the community. 80% of illegal gold dredging in the region is located in the Nane River Basin, where the community is located. The province's prosecutor's office claimed that they have destroyed 110 dredging operations and 10 illegal mining camps in the area already in 2023. Hmm. It sounded like these were folks from outer space. Well, yeah. That's how they got you into the (laughs) article. Perhaps the indigenous folks there who were seeing this happen thought they might be not from around here. (laughs) Those uh, jetpacks. You ever (laughs) want one of those? Yes and no. I think it'd be cool to be able to, to do what you see them do in the demonstration videos. Yeah. Ho- however, if, you, if yeah. you go on your head. Yes, yeah, exactly. And, and then you hit accelerate. I know from my own 
experience that I would inevitably flatten myself. From New Scientist, an estimated 18 million tons of spent coffee grounds are produced globally each year, with most ending up in landfills. Their decomposition in landfill releases methane, which has a global warming effect 20 times stronger than carbon dioxide. Now researchers have shown that concrete can be made 29% stronger by incorporating modified recycled coffee grounds. 29% stronger. That's a boost. Yeah. In an unmodified state, the spent coffee grounds were found to weaken concrete when they replaced the sand component. However, when the researchers heated the coffee grounds to 350 degrees centigrade for two hours to create coffee biochar, <laughs> replacing 15% of the sand in concrete with this biochar resulted in concrete blocks that were 29% stronger than conventional blocks. Wow. I've had coffee biochar before. <laughs> I bet you have. <laughs> if you haven't had your cup of biochar today, may I recommend a donation to KUCI to perk you up? Just go to KUCI.org. Your generous donation is how we stay on air. Commercial free, free form, free speech radio, KUCI 88.9 FM. Did you ever hear of a hogfish, Mike? No. Hogfish are a species of wrasse. Does that what? Yeah. Rass. Yeah. Those are brightly colored saltwater fishes okay. native to the western Atlantic Ocean, living in a range from Nova Scotia to northern South America, including the Gulf of Mexico, around reefs. Oh, okay. That's where these wrasse live. Okay. It's a carnivore and feeds on mollusks, crabs, and sea urchins, and hogfish can change colors, too. Wow, wow. So the wrasse can be brightly colored. Hogfish change colors. From Sive News, hogfish often use their ability to change colors to support their camouflaging abilities. They also have light-sensing skin or skin vision that can help them see surroundings. However, new research suggests hogfish are not only using this skin to see their surroundings, they're using it to see themselves. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Because they can't bend over to look at themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The ability to change color and get colors right for the hogfish is a matter of life and death. By using light sensors dispersed across their whole bodies, instead of relying on their eyes, hogfish can fine-tune their color to make for better camouflage. Just consider how evolved, evolutionarily speaking, how evolved they have to be to yeah. be able to do that. But I'd like to be able to change my skin color. Mm -hmm. yeah. Wouldn't it be fun? Yeah. One day you yeah. come out lime. Yeah. Oh. You know, and then you kind of adjust it a little bit. You know, you're going around. People would be glowing. You laugh now. No, I'm thinking, but one of I'm these days, lime. we're going to be tapping yeah. into the hogfish. Yeah. No, and I'm... shooting up with hogfish juice. The next thing you know, yeah. we'll be changing colors. <laughs> Here's some sad news, Mike. Okay. Enough of the hogfish. From Science Daily. Record sea ice loss caused a mass die-off of emperor penguin chicks in part of Antarctica last year, supporting predictions that the world's largest penguin will soon be in danger of extinction. Unlike other penguins, emperors breed on sea ice rather than land. Male emperor penguins hatch the eggs, hatch the eggs in August. They say the eggs because they didn't want to say their eggs. 
because they're males. But it's kind of their eggs. Yeah. Anyway, male emperor penguins hatch eggs in August during the Antarctic winter. The furry gray chicks need stable sea ice until December to grow their black waterproof feathers and gain enough muscle to swim. If they go into the water before they fledge, grow their feathers, chicks can drown or freeze to death. In February, the area of sea ice around Antarctica reached the lowest extent ever observed. After much of the ice began breaking up last year, four out of five colonies in the hard-hit central eastern Billingshausen Sea suffered a total breeding failure oh with no God. chicks. Oh no chicks surviving the fledge. Oh. From Smithsonian Magazine, Ecuadorians voted to ban oil drilling in parts of the Yasuni region of the Amazon rainforest. About six in ten voters rejected the oil drilling. The referendum comes as climate change is exacerbating wildfires, heat waves, and flooding across the world, and environmentalists are urging governments to turn away from fossil fuels and switch to renewables. Yasuni National Park spans about 2.5 million acres and houses 610 species of birds, 139 species of amphibians, and 121 species of reptiles. Just one hectare of land, that's around two acres in the forests, contains more tree species than are native to the continental United States and Canada combined. Jeez. I couldn't believe that. No, I can't. It seemed like an incredible statistic, but there it was in front of me. Wow. One hectare has more species than the U.S. and Canada combined there in Yasuni, which is in Ecuador. God. A single hectare in Yasuni also contains more than 100,000 insect species. <laughs> I don't know if I want to go there. <laughs> but the forest also holds the country's largest oil reserve. And some Ecuadorians are arguing that denying access to that resource would hurt the country's economy. The ballot measure applied to just one section of Yasuni National Park, known as Block 43, and activists are planning to oppose drilling in other areas as well. Yeah. So good on yeah. them. Yeah, good on them. Go, go. Mm, yeah. That was concise. <laughs> From United Press International, this June... Canadian lawmakers passed the Online News Act, which requires social media platforms like Meta and search engines like Google to negotiate with news publishers to license their content. The law is slated to go into effect in December. But Meta described the legislation as unworkable and said that the only way for the company to comply with the law was to end news availability for people in Canada. We talked about this last week. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you were posting to someone in Canada a news story, they couldn't read it. I think Mena has some kind of point. Okay. I can understand it both ways, though, because I have subscribed to magazines based on seeing stories in Facebook. Mm -hmm. So at that stage, yeah. those stories have that's, served that's as a uh, yeah. an, an ad for a subscription. Right. Most yeah. people don't do that, though, and I so... I understand yeah. both sides of it. Yeah. But meanwhile, as Yellowknife, the capital of Northwest Territories in Canada, began a mass evacuation of 20,000 residents last week because of wildfires, instead of simply sharing a link to a story about the wildfires from the Canadian Cable Public Affairs channel on Facebook, people who were evacuating needed to search for news about the wildfire that was closing in on them because of Facebook 
refusing to post stories in Canada. It's so inconceivable that a company like Facebook is choosing to put corporate profits ahead of ensuring that local news organizations can get up-to-date information to Canadians, said Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. Instead of making sure that local journalists are fairly paid for keeping Canadians informed on things like wildfires, Facebook is blocking news from its sites. Yeah. And I think that's really where it is. We got to get some money to the writers. Yeah, exactly. That's the the big problem I have with Facebook. But it's also the publisher's responsibility to do that, too. However, it ends up being a fight between the bullies rather than in trying to incorporate the people who are actually doing the hard work of reporting. Right. And we have to face the reality of the situation, and that is people who can get this kind of information by going on Facebook and not having to buy the newspaper or Newsweek or whatever it is. They're somewhere in the mix here where... They bear some responsibility. Is there some way in which we can incorporate Commonwealth money into a fund for for journalists? Well, how about this? How about for every 10 uh, New York Times articles that you post, uh, Facebook automatically puts up an advertisement for the New York Times. Yeah. Okay. And a subscription deal if you subscribe through Facebook. So it's good for Facebook. It's good for you. It's good for the New York Times. Yeah. There you go. Meanwhile, in this week's United States Republican primary debate, candidate Vivek Ramaswamy said, Let's be honest as Republicans. I'm the only person on the stage who isn't bought and paid for, so I can say this. The climate change agenda is a hoax. Oh, my God. And so the reality is more people are dying of bad climate change policies than they are of actual climate change. Oh, my God. He's like an Amway salesman. Is that what he is? Yeah, I mean, it really is. He has the whole thing going on where I guess people haven't seen Amway salesmen before. (laughs) Or maybe they really like Amway salesmen. I don't know. There's a reason why they sell crap and get away with it. Why are people attracted to that? Because these people are so certain. That's why. I think people are attracted to people who seem certain. Yeah. Like, wow, this guy must know what he's talking about because he says it very quickly and very loudly. (laughs) I just want to make a quick comment because I don't know that you want to talk about this stuff. So I'm just going to make a very brief, very quick. I I don't know if you're going to talk about Donald being indicted here. But I think there is an irony here. There's a perspective that we should have on on all of this. That that here is Donald Trump being in a, you know, 20-car motorcade going to be arraigned and arrested. Well, that's what he wants to do. Oh, no, I know. But but hear me out here. And Uh, you watching him... No, I didn't. Makes I wa- it worse. I did well. My watching it or don't watching it, the tree falling it, in the forest, Nathan. It doesn't matter it if I watch it or don't watch. All I'm so, no, let me let a, me get to my point. Okay. Let me get to my point, and that is this is happening in the same state where one of the most revered people to ever be president of the United States is on hospice. Jimmy yeah. Carter is dying. Yeah. Okay. He was, whatever you think of his policies, I think he was one of the most decent people to hold the office of president. At a time when you're watching this awful narcissist who, is, who couldn't care about anybody but himself being arrested. And I think the, the contrast is something that I think we need to really think through in terms of where we are in our politics. That, that's it. That's my comment on it. Well, I just say you're taking two people who are famous and trying to make them stand for something rather than just trying to find what you want to stand for and discuss that. Okay. So it becomes a cult of personality. Instead of looking at 
what the thoughts are. You're looking at what the people are. I'm looking, Instead of looking at what the policies I don't are, think you're looking matters. at, isn't this a sweet guy? I don't to think, a degree I, it matters. I think it, it does matter. But, oh, but what we're talking about is politics, not character. No, if I, if I, I wanted a good guy to be president, you know, then I would go no, out. And well, no, I mean, I would say Jimmy Carter and... was. I, I, I'd say Jimmy Carter was a solid seventy percent that I agree with what he wanted to do and mm-hmm. what he, how he went about being president of the United States. Okay. I'd put him in the ease, easily in a in a B minus realm of being president of the United States. We're in Georgia right now. We're talking about Georgia because of its importance in terms of adjudicating some kind of justice for what Donald Trump is and what he's done. Yeah, yeah. And you have somebody like Jimmy Carter who, after he was president, set up the Habitat for Humanity and traveled the world uh-huh. in furtherance of democracy. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM, Irvine, California. Visit us on the web at KUCI.org. On Facebook at facebook.com slash KUCI 88.9. On our Tumblr blog at KUCIRadio.tumblr.com. And on Twitter and Instagram at KUCIFM. From Common Dreams. A rulemaking petition demanding an end to federal support for the removal of wolves and bears from Alaska and other states has been languishing at the U.S. Interior Department for almost two years, nearly three dozen conservation groups and scientists said in a letter to the U.S. Interior Secretary as they raised alarm about a recent killing operation. Mm. The groups, including the Humane Society of the United States, wrote to the Secretary to raise alarm about the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service's continued funding of irresponsible and controversial predator control projects. They demanded a rulemaking process to stop federal subsidies from supporting so-called conservation projects where state officials oversee the killing of certain predator species, regardless of their federal protected status, in order to boost populations of other species. The Alaska Department of Fish and Game agents shoot brown bears and black bears from helicopters, snare bears, and even shoot mother brown bears accompanied by cubs, wrote the group's. Wolves face similar fates and are targeted in the controversial Judas Wolf Program, in which radio-collared wolves who return to their pack enable Alaska Department of Fish and Game agents to discover and eliminate the entire pack. The agency also aerial guns wolves and poisons wolf pups in their dens. From the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation... It is an upbeat story, I think, <laughs> okay. to get you out of that other mood. Yeah. I understand what you're saying about Jimmy Carter. It's, okay. You know, All right. I like I, Jimmy I know, Carter I a do. lot. I, know I hate Donald Trump. Yeah. I think he's yeah. a disturbed human being. Yeah. In fact, his mugshot shows just how disturbed he is. <laughs> he looks just like Malcolm McDowell from Clockwork Orange. <laughs> he has the, that Kubrick stare going on. <laughs> You know, the same the Jack Nicholson in The Shining. You know, he's looking down. His eyes are bloodshot. He's enraged about something that you really don't know about, except he's not getting attention. Yeah. So he wants to be even more enraged. Yeah. But we've got off track. I agree with you. We're not talking about things that matter, I... like climate change. Yeah. And the only reason... Ramaswamy said anything about climate changes, he knows he can get points by saying yeah. that. He get a, if, he get if, an applause line yeah. out of it. Yeah. If he could get points in the Republican Party by saying that climate change is real, then he would say that. Yeah, okay. Because all he wants is this attention. Yeah. And that's the problem with listening to most of radio and television these days is 
people are just vying for attention yeah. rather than trying to be activists for policies to be put in place and to help people. Yeah. From the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, when she was 30, Ann Johnson suffered a stroke that left her severely paralyzed and unable to speak. Now, in a scientific milestone 18 years after Johnson's stroke, an experimental technology has translated her brain signals into audible words, enabling her to communicate through a digital avatar. Oh my God. The technology developed by researchers at the University of California, San Francisco and Berkeley uh, relies on an implant placed on the surface of Johnson's brain in regions associated with speech and language. The implant contains 253 electrodes that intercept brain signals from thousands of neurons. During the surgery, doctors also installed a port in Johnson's head that connects to a cable which carries her brain signals to a computer bank. The computers use artificial intelligence algorithms to translate the brain signals into sentences that get spoken through a digitally oh animated God. figure and allows Johnson to communicate using a relatively expansive vocabulary. The researchers used a recording of Johnson speaking at her wedding to personalize the avatar's voice and also converted Johnson's brain signals into facial movements on the avatar, like pursed lips and emotional expressions like sadness or surprise. Wow. That's a pretty amazing advance there for mm. stroke victims. Yeah. You kind of wonder how interacting with themselves, you know, watching an avatar do what it is you're trying to do can help them actually get to a point where they're doing that. From Science Magazine, after reporting successful animal trials, a team of researchers is now set to start human trials for a drug that can regrow teeth. <laughs> yeah. If successful, the drug could open up new ways of treating a lack of teeth, particularly in people suffering from genetic disorders. Yeah. In other words, if you're born with yeah. missing teeth, you, know, you can find a way maybe to grow some, but they're also suggesting that maybe if you lose a tooth, yeah. just wow. be able to uh, have you grow a new one. From Los Angeles Times, the California Department of Motor Vehicles says it's investigating recent concerning incidents involving cruise vehicles while slowing the company's ambitious expansion plans. So just last week, yeah. we were talking about how they were going ahead with these plans. Yeah. Well, now they're having second thoughts. As a result, Cruise agreed to have the size of its fleet to 50 robo-taxis during the day and 150 at night. Prior to the decision, a cruise robo-taxi ignored construction signs on San Francisco streets and headed into a stretch of wet cement. Stuck in the muck, it was removed later by workers dispatched by cruise. This happened after a cruise robo-taxi entered an intersection on a green light even as a fast-moving fire truck, lights flashing and siren blaring, approached. The fire truck struck the car occupied by one passenger who was transported to a hospital. Cruz said the passenger sustained what we believe to be non-severe injuries. Yeah. By the way, to bring up a point that I saw a video of a self-driving car, and apparently the software has a real problem with flashing emergency <laughs> lights. No, this was in the video about, about how they don't seem to be able to quite comprehend what it is. And they've been, they drive into the back 
of police cars and ambulances. If, if what yeah. you say is right about the, yeah. the flashing lights yeah. and the, and the uh, robotaxis unable to, to translate in, that into emergency, slow down. Yeah. They got a lot of work to do <laughs> on this. They're out there now. Yeah. I'm walking around here at UCI and where I live and out yeah, in yeah. the streets of Irvine and Costa Mesa and Santa Ana. I don't know. I might be struck with one of these little efforts. You know, you know, that's the thing. You step into a crosswalk. Yeah. There's a lot of assumptions you're making yeah. about the car that's coming towards the crosswalk. And if you don't see a driver in that car, I would maybe wait. Yeah. Until the things, you know, yeah. decide. Don't what flash any lights at it. <laughs> Did you ever want a personal life coach, Mike? I, you know, in a weak moment, I may have thought I wanted one, but yeah. I, I don't think so. Wow. From the New York Times, Google is testing new tools that could turn generative AI, the technology behind chatbots like uh, OpenAI's ChatGPT and Google's own Bard, into a personal life coach. Mm-hmm. Among other things, the workers are testing the assistant's ability to answer intimate questions about challenges in people's lives. Mm. Like, for example, whether they should attend a friend's wedding if they can't afford to fly to Paris and book a room. The capabilities marked a shift from Google's earlier caution on generative AI. In a slide deck presented to executives in December, the company's AI safety experts had warned of the dangers of people becoming too emotionally attached to chat box. And here they are (laughs) being life coaches. Emotionally, I don't trust human life coaches, let alone. I'm not sure I trust Mahler, and and I've known him for for a long time now. Mahler, you know, because every, yeah, no, 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 he's angry now. Yeah, every every piece of advice he's ever given me ends up with me giving him a cookie, and I I just don't think that that's Uh that's a good thing. From popular science. Against a nationwide backdrop of book bans and censorship campaigns, Iowa educators are turning to ChatGPT to decide which titles should be removed from their school library shelves in order to comply with Republican-backed state legislation requiring Iowa school library catalogs to be both age-appropriate and devoid of descriptions or visual depictions of the sex act. Yeah. Of the a sub- sex act. Of a sex Not the sex This is where, where AI will be used to, for evil purposes, right? The Republicans will have an AI that will figure out every book. They'll, it'll read every book. Yeah. And anytime somebody's touching something they shouldn't be touching in that book, yeah. they're going to be gone. They shouldn't be touching. <laughs> they should be well, touching no, According to them, I'm, I'm Please, speaking from their point of view. If you're within no, I'm in the favor sound of, of my voice, yeah. touch something. The Mason City Community School District recently removed 19 books from its collection on the advice of ChatGPT. Administrators there asked ChatGPT the specific language of Iowa's new law. Does, insert name of book here, contain a description (laughs) or depiction of a sex act? If ChatGPT answered yes, the book was removed from circulation and stored. Banned titles included Alice Walker's The Color of Purple. Of course. Margaret Atwood's The Handmaid's Tale. Of course. Toni Morrison's Beloved. That's how they're all women. We don't, well, you know. And Buzz Bissinger's Friday Night Lights. <laughs> well, they wanted to throw some guy in there. <laughs> yeah, <they had>. yeah. <laughs> From the Associated Press. India made history as its moon mission becomes the first to land in the lunar South Pole region. This is good news and big news. With this, India joins an elite club of countries to achieve a soft landing on the moon after the U.S., the former Soviet Union, and China. 
One of the mission's major goals is to hunt for water-based ice, which scientists say has a good possibility of existing in the lunar South Pole region and could support human habitation on the moon in the future. Mm -hmm. So that was the the idea of of going to the South Pole, is to see if they could get some water so they could have a a good base camp and maybe even a pipeline. It could also be used for supplying propellant for spacecraft headed to Mars and other distant destinations. Meanwhile, uh, from The Verge, from The Verge, a Russian robotic spacecraft that was headed to the lunar surface crashed into the moon. It is the latest setback in spaceflight for a country that during the Cold War became the first nation as the Soviet Union to put a satellite, a man, and a woman in orbit. The Luna 25 lander, Russia's first space launch to the moon's surface since the 1970s, entered lunar orbit and was supposed to land as early as last Monday. However, last Sunday, Roscosmos, that's Roscosmos, we would say here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Roscosmos, the Russian state space corporation, said Luna 25 ceased its existence. Well, that's ceased a, its existence as a result of a collision with the lunar surface. That is such a Soviet way of saying that. Yeah. And from the Washington Post, a new AI app lets users text with Jesus. Oh, yeah. well, I was hoping. Characters available on the app include the Holy Family, wow. the Apostles, wow. the Prophets, Ruth, Job, and Abraham's nephew, Lot. Many people in the Bible, Mary Magdalene among them, are only accessible in the app's premium version, which costs two ninety nine a month. The only time Jesus ever got mad was about money. Okay, the only time we know, according to the But this scripture. is Jesus' app, right? Here's a good one for you, though. Chat with Satan can be activated if the user chooses. So you get your uh, text with Jesus. Oh, yeah. And then you can chat with Satan. Fundamentalist Christians, however, should be forewarned. This is a woke Jesus app. Mm -hmm. On same-sex marriage, Jesus texts that it is up to each individual to seek guidance from their own faith, tradition, and personal convictions. and encourages users to prioritize love and respect for all people, regardless of their sexual orientation or gender identity. What? Yeah, this is Jesus speaking here. That was Jesus speaking? I'm not making this up. About feminism, Jesus emphasized the importance of empowering women and breaking societal barriers that limit their opportunities. Yeah, Jesus, so why are all the disciples men? <laughs> what a jerk that what Jesus a jerk. was. God, so to speak. And finally, yeah. from Ars Technica, MSN.com's Microsoft Travel section posted an AI-generated article about the cannot-miss attractions of Ottawa, up there in Canada, that includes the Ottawa Food Bank a charitable organization that feeds struggling families. So this is a travel section telling people that a good place to eat would be the food bank. (laughs) In this recommendation text, Microsoft's AI model wrote, consider going into it on an empty stomach. (laughs) You can subscribe to the Weekly Signals Weekly Review podcast at weeklysignals.com. Weeklysignals.com. Subscribe now.